Hey, what up, Bay Area Combat Fight fans? This is Daniel Compton. I'm the fight director of Bay Area Combat. We are back. We got a cool one. We have Deborah Ferralito in the studio. She's the owner of Suncoast Awning Bay Area Combat. We got Carl Compton on the ones and twos. And then we got Robert Benishan, guys. And he was the one that was just busting out that drum solo. And I'm going to come to him in a little bit later, guys. But our big sponsor here is Suncoast Awning. We're in the Suncoast Awning studio for all of your shade needs, you guys. Suncoast Awning is going to get you shaded. We have a shop in Santa Cruz and a shop in Martinez. You can catch the Bay Area Combat Podcast team. We're going to be at Stefan Bonner's fights um, on April 24th. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be at the Triumphant Show in Miami on June 12th. You can find us at the TBAs in Iowa, uh, June 15th through the 21st, something like that. And then we're going to be doing our grappling show um, by, by the last weekend of May. It's not finalized just yet, but there's going to be two separate divisions. They're going to be eight-man brackets, and there's going to be cash prizes for those guys. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us. Uh, uh, today with us today, guys, we have a 3-0 and amateur boxer. He's a 1-1 uh, amateur MMA career. He got the, uh, the silver at the U.S. Open blue belt, and then he got the gold at the All-Stars blue belt. You know, we got Robert here with us. Robert, uh, hey. how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. You tell Thanks us a little for having bit. me, dude. Thanks for coming in, man. Tell oh, us a little man. bit about My that pleasure. drum. My pleasure. Oh, well, that, that was a, uh, it's a djembe drum, and uh, I got it when I was working at Guitar Center, and uh, it was uh, bought in, used from a, uh, I think it was an orthodontist. Oh, no way. So he wasn't using that drum as much as he'd hoped. So I guess I uh, was the beneficiary of that situation. And, and uh, yeah, they, um, they're sustainable drums. They're made out of uh, mahogany, I believe, in Africa. And uh, it kind of goes to, like, support their local tribe, the whole uh, uh, X8 drum program. And so, yeah, that's uh, kind of a little backstory on it. And it sounds great. It's a goat, goat skin on top so it's like super legit super legit it sounded amazing you're very talented on there oh, well thanks dude. tell me a little bit about that mask too also what was that oh mask? well this mask uh i've gotten this uh i got this mask a while ago it's actually an airsoft mask but um i live out in the country and uh i go running up on the hills and stuff and i collect these feathers so these are basically i think they're mostly turkey feathers um i think these are actually woodpecker feathers in the middle and then I think there's a, a few uh, dorsal fin um, hawk feathers here on the side. So it's kind of interesting how they all kind of have like the same pattern, although they're like different birds. Now, that is interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Tell so, me a little bit about where you're from and, and what got you uh, uh, started in music and martial arts. Because, you know, mu music and martial arts, they do kind of go hand in hand, man. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, kind of meditative um, activities, uh, arts, you know, they're art. Um, you know, musical arts, uh, martial arts. So uh, um, I got started in music uh, back when I was a little kid, um, kind of watching Saturday Night Live, all the um, bands of that era. I'm born in 1985, so I was growing up watching like Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, kind of tail end of like Nirvana, of course. But um, yeah, so I, I just saw um, always in the back, there was this drummer guy just moving and doing all this crazy stuff, I'm like, what is that? Like, that's not, like, that seems awesome, you know? Just, like, uh, just, you know, the human body and uh, interacting with objects and, like, and getting people to move as well. So that was kind of um, always really exciting to me. And, uh, like, my parents had gotten me a guitar at first, and 
I just really wanted to play the drums. So it was just like, ah, you know, I just give me that drum set, you know, maybe next year, okay. So it ended up working out. And um, yeah, I still have that first drum set of mine. No way. As well as a few other ones and electric drums and have since been in bands, um, mostly like heavy metal, um, hard, fast stuff. Um, I do a lot of like double bass, like, you know, just, uh, yeah, hell yeah. So, you know, stuff that's challenging. And uh, so, yeah, just um, with that, kind of uh, kept it going. And now it's all like on computer these days. So, um, yeah, just uh, keeping it going, though, as a, as a musician somehow in this day and age. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough as a musician <laughs> and it's rough as a martial artist. Um, yeah, right. when, did you, when did you start martial arts? Um, I started when I was actually uh, really young as well in karate, Watsonville karate. And... Uh, Got my like or I went up to Orange Belt when I was a kid and uh, did a few tournaments. I actually got a pretty big trophy when I was uh, when I was down there and I was just like this tall, and uh, kept it around forever until uh, it just you know gotten you know went out with the trash one day. That's how it happens, You know, dude, just yeah. like you know, it kind of was like keeping up too much space in the garage. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just. Uh, uh, did that for a few years, and uh, kind of unlike uh, today, like where I see um, the kids in like jujitsu class, it was it just looks really fun mm -hmm. to be a kid in a jujitsu class these days. Um, back then, I had this really strict karate teacher, and like it wasn't that fun. Like honestly, I remember. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I didn't. It wasn't fun for us either. Me or me or Carl. I remember it wasn't. It was very like strict and. Yeah. If my parents didn't want it to be fun, that's not that's not why we were doing martial arts. We were right. doing it for to learn other things. But I mean, I do like how it does look like a good time now. Yeah. You know, and uh, I do value that. Did you do any grappling when you were younger, or was it just karate? Um, I did wrestling in uh, grade school and uh, high school, so I did that um, as well as like all the other uh, team sports that you do. So yeah, I I thought. I had a pretty good knack for wrestling, and, and my dad wrestled in college, so he had always kind of encouraged that nice. to do that and um, and still kind of use that, like, wrestling mentality a little bit, even in jiu-jitsu today, and kind of like to play, like, the passer rather than the, you know, playing guard too much and, um, you know, just, like, kind of, like, what ties into MMA where it's, like, you don't necessarily want to be on bottom all the time, right? I think it's good practical self-defense, like, grappling as well, just to, like, not be on the bottom. So I think that is yeah. a good – it's a good way to fight. How, how beneficial was it for you to have a dad that was kind of leading by example as far as, you know, being an athlete and, and grappling? Oh, it was totally beneficial. I mean, it was always, like, a, a, a positive influence. He actually played hockey, too, and I was really into hockey when I was – a kid like I don't know if you remember when Mighty Ducks came out and, oh, yeah, stuff, yeah. and all that so like I had and you know we're in California so like our ice rinks are like few and far between huh. so I was like out there on the rollerblades and uh with my hockey st stick all the time and and like wore those rollerblade wheels out down to like a fine you know just like, you gotta cut someone with them yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much so I was just like out there um just doing that all the time so through him yeah into hockey and then and of course, wrestling and, and all the rest. And did he play? Did he play uh, music as well? Or yeah, he actually did. He was a horn player. He played trumpet in in uh, in school. 
growing up, and he always had uh, musical instruments around, so it was just like kind of part of growing up as, as far as just playing music and, um, yeah, expressing yourself in that manner, you know? I wasn't really discouraged. Nice, yeah, it's, I like it a lot. How beneficial is that music knowledge and, you know, that rhythm and timing when, when it comes to, to martial arts? I think it's uh, it's totally, it goes hand in hand where as a drummer, you know, you're say you have like a whole show to play and you really have to pace yourself, right? You can't just like, you know, blow out like all your like finger muscles um, in particular, just like on that first song because, you know, just like fighting, right? It's like, it's one thing to practice by yourself or like in training and stuff. And it's another thing to bring it out on stage and bring that other energy because you have like the other band and the other band's drummers just like going off. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just be like, like tapping the cymbals, you know what I mean? You just yeah. want to like, you know, rip into it. And, um, and so, yeah, like just definitely um, knowing the, the length that you have to go in either the show or the fight and pacing yourself accordingly. That's like a big thing. Also, um, just as far as, uh, you know, problem solving, you know, you're uh, just playing, you know, and practicing too. Like when you're practicing um, a musical instrument, it just takes a lot of like, studying and um and dedication where you have to go back to the instrument and keep on going no matter how much you think you suck yeah you know same thing with like uh jujitsu or whatever like no matter how much you get smashed it's just like you have to take it as a learning um opportunity and just to you know just improve yourself just incrementally each day or each practice session and and yeah it's just like a it's an inward kind of thing right oh yeah Oh yeah. And I honestly too, I'm not, I, I'm not very good at music, but I love it. I love listening to music. I try to, uh, bob my head to the beat and I wish I, if I could dance, I would dance. I try to dance. I, but I, I mean, I try, you know, but when I'm fighting, I try to create a rhythm while I'm fighting. And, but then I try to break the rhythm, like the rhythm that I created, you know? Right. And I've noticed that like, some people are better at that than others. Do you, do you try to use that kind of tactic when you're... Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because, like you're saying, it's, you know, you could tell, um, like, say these, you know, like a fighter gets in his rhythm, and a lot of, I see a lot of MMA fighters kind of do that where it's like they don't really have that off-rhythm stuff. Like, they, they, they work within their own rhythm and don't break rhythm too much, whereas, like, like I'll watch Floyd Mayweather, and he, he's kind of, I've seen him really... He'll just come out of nowhere with just like a right cross and you're like oh that was just so off rhythm yeah from everything he was doing and it's just like that surprise element to where you're trying to catch that your opponent off guard and and, and it could be a uh a, like punch but if it's off rhythm you're you're sneaking it you're still having that element of surprise a hundred percent and also too People like to be in rhythm, you know. So if if you're if you're in if you're breaking your own rhythm, that's one thing. But if you can break your opponent's rhythm, if they're trying to do this and bounce, and then they want to reset back here with their hands here, and then you don't let them do, just that you just don't let, even let them get in their rhythm, mm-hmm. you can oftentimes stifle their offense, you know. And um, and that's a lot. Of that's like music, man. Yeah, it's like frustrating, right? If like you're trying to just like you know like like have those few moments of breath you know, like, you know, just like loosen up your shoulders and then bring them up and stuff. And if you're just like seeing that as an opponent and capitalizing on it and you're saying, oh, this is where he's like trying to reset and like think of his next move, you know what I mean? You can just go like, okay, this is my time, you know? Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, it's, it's. Do you use it? Do you use it in the in your jujitsu at all? Um, my jujitsu, man, my jujitsu is like, I got like tapped out by Ra Raul like a few times in a row the other day. Raul uh, um, Quintero, my uh, jujitsu professor. Um, he uh, so like I was just like really discouraged with my uh, jujitsu last few weeks, but like I know I'm improving. Um, as far as my strategy, um, I don't know. I kind of like bring my uh, like my striking strategy into into jujitsu. Not like as far as actually striking, but just like using hand fighting a lot. Mm -hmm. Like not letting them get grips. You know, where it's like you can just bat away a hand as as opposed to let them get the grip and then try and break it. You mm -hmm. know, like I, yeah. I like to kind of uh, challenge them in that regard you know, just kind of at the beginning of the match or whatever, and then through that, get my own grips, and then and then basically work like almost like a wrestler's wrestler's strategy of, um, you know, just getting the angle on the on the hips and uh, trying to capitalize on that, getting the takedown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to do more guard stuff. I mean, it's kind of, it kind of comes, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of natural to me to, to play guard since I'm so kind of lanky for my size. Um, like long legs, like triangles uh, come pretty easily as mm -hmm. opposed to other fighters I've noticed and, and that sort of thing. So, so I do, I, I like to do both, but like, I think naturally is just like, you know, stay on top and uh, kind of have that wrestler's mindset of like, even though, you know, you might have a, a grip or two or, or points on me, like I might, you know, like on the street, I, I could probably knock you out right here. Yeah, on the street, I'm, I'm still on top of you, and and I could still, you know, lay down some gravity. So yeah, or run away if you had to, because it's yeah. still a beneficial position to usually to get out of there too. So I do like that position. Raul Quintero, he's actually both of our coach right now. We train, we train together. We get some good rounds in. Um, you're very strong. What is your what is your weight right now? Um, I'm about 175 right now, but I fight at a 168 in the gi. So I mean, I'm really heavy for for, uh, you know, just with I, the way I usually fight at. Like, I fought at 155 for my uh, MMA uh, MMA matches. Okay, those were 155? Yeah. So. Were those both camo? Yeah. So did you lose, you lost your debut, but then you flipped it around and you won that second one? Yeah, and my debut, I want to just... <laughs> Go ahead, talk about I, it. I have my list of excuses, so... Yeah. So, okay. Um, well, it was <laughs> like, you know, you're, you wake up on just like an off day. I think it was an off day for me. Mm -hmm. for one and then also like we had this really polished concrete we had to um, warm up on like even more slicker than this i don't know if you remember that um i remember venue. these these mats so our competition area this is actually a slash our warm-up mats for our show so we have a nice area for you guys oh, to warm nice. up on yeah right on. But, yeah keep going oh yeah so anyway like so just warming up and they also had like a delay with the ambulance or the paramedics showing up. Um, Huge delay. The whole show was such a cluster. I don't yeah. I don't want to say names because they already are <laughs> mad at me. But keep going, my bad, keep going. So anyway, I'm I'm warming up on this polished concrete and like I'm like to do my kicks, I had to kind of like jump just to not like fall on my ass and slip and stuff. Mm. And like so I, I warmed up fine and everything, had way too much time to warm up, obviously, because of that delay. But like, yeah, the first kick I threw in there, and it was like really early on. Like I remember uh, catching him with a cross early on, and then going for this just right high kick, and like I just totally like tripped myself. And like I'd probably done that like maybe once ever, like just to fall like on mm -hmm. my ass from a kick, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll do it, 
but anyway, it had to had to be then. And so, um, so yeah, anyway, just uh, fell on my ass because it was like just that same kick I had been practicing on that polished concrete. And, uh, and then he jumped on me and then had me in top mount. And I got out of top mount. And uh, I, like, I really didn't know what his arsenal was because we were both O and O. Yeah, it's hard at that time. And know. so I'm like, you know, I just knew he was kind of an MMA guy, like kind of a general, like a generalist as far as uh, mm. uh, skill. So anyway, like I, I get out of top mount and then turtle up and then like kind of just basically go to like stand up and turn around. And then in that little instance, he like jumps on my back and uh, sinks in the hooks. And I'm like running... <laughs> There's like a picture of me like running around with him on my back, like just like this monkey man on my back. And uh, and so like anyway, he like ends up keeping those hooks and like takes me down on my belly and then gets the rear naked choke. And that was that. So. Um, so, yeah, kudos to him. Uh, Lugo Donovan was my first opponent, by the way. So he's he's a really talented guy, actually. I think he's three, you know. Oh no way! Okay. Yeah. So he been doing good. Yeah. So so he he was a good opponent. <clears throat> so um, not that I wouldn't want to like ever, you know I would want to maybe have a rematch because I think it would be a way better of show mm-hmm. the for the next time um, knowing he's more of a submission guy and uh, you know being on uh, on my guard with all that but anyway so those are my little um little laundry list of excuses that polished concrete. And then on um, the next fight, I warmed up in my basketball shoes, so no issues with the uh, slippage in the ring. Yeah, the next opponent was actually one of my teammates. He's a tough. He's a tough guy. You know, you fought uh, you fought Benji uh, Campos, and uh, and uh, and how did that go for you, man? How did that go? Um, the fight went well. Um, he uh, he was a really good striker. Like he at by the end of it, he was you know you, you, I could tell he was going for the knockout. Like I. I was my mandible was like the big target. Yeah, no way. From from him, so like I had a few, um, you know, I had a little bit of a sore jaw by the end of it. But um, the first two rounds went pretty well. They're such short rounds. Two minute rounds, huh? Yeah, two minute rounds. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to really, you know, if you're doing like if you're doing uh like from striking to like you know getting um kind of like. Uh, leaned up on the cage and then you're kind of working a takedown and stuff like that. I remember by the first end of the first round, I had taken him down and I had side control and I, I basically had a mounted crucifix on him and I was going to do that last, just a, just my first strike basically from the whole takedown sequence and the bell rings. Yeah. Like, oh, really? <laughs> like I got, I just, I got all the way here and then yep. I got to start over. Yeah. And that was kind of the story with the second round, too, is um, we did a little uh, trading um, on our feet and then uh, somehow I got the takedown again and I got it to his back and um, basically kind of like the uh, like Luke had done to me on that first fight, like like he had my back and then so I had his back this time and uh, maybe I learned a thing or two. Right. Um, But yeah, so like and then I see it's like 10 (laughs) seconds left and it's like, Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. So it's like he's hand fighting me for that rear naked choke and stuff. And then, like, it was the last few seconds of that. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I just, like, abandoned the choke and then just gave him, like, a good one mm-hmm. before the bell rang. And then, like, the ref jumped in and just stopped me, you know? So, yeah, so, yeah that was, like, the uh, those first two rounds. And then the third round, I think he may have gotten a takedown on me, but I swept him. I did, like, a dummy sweep where you kind of just basically grabbed the 
behind his ankles with yeah, both yeah. hands and then just push him with your he feet. He had postured up too much. Yeah, he had kind of just like walked right into it because yeah. he was he was trying to just trying to knock you the, uh, out at that point. Yeah, he, he just was, lost two rounds. So when you lose two rounds, yeah. you're trying to finish the dude. He's trying to finish you. Right. So anyway, yeah, I got the sweep and and you know saw the clock was winding down and I think I got like a last uh, left kick in um, as a, as we were both getting to our feet and then the bell rang. So. That's a good win, and it's hard to come back after a loss like that and and put it together. But you uh, you got a good win, a good solid win. Have you thought about uh, getting back in the uh, the cage? Yeah, I've definitely thought about it. I mean, I um, nothing's uh, you know for sure right now. Um, everything's kind of just like up in the air with my life. Um, <laughs> kind of like how I like to keep it sometimes, but um, but yeah, I'm definitely like training my ass off, or you know. Uh, I don't know, not like as much as I really could, but um, I'm doing jujitsu all week and then uh, trying to do some striking too with you guys. Do you have Do you have uh, any jujitsu tournaments coming up right now? Um, I think there's one in Vegas that we're all like trying to head out for. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at that, and uh, there's like maybe one in Riverside also coming up, and then um, you guys might be having one too, right? We're doing that one. Yeah, we'd like to have you on there. That'd be cool. Like the 170 yeah. uh, uh, purple belt and under division. Okay. How close are you to your purple belt? Man, that, this whole purple belt thing, I've been like eyeing this <laughs> belt for like years. Like, <laughs> like I'm like so like blue belt blues over here um, just through going through different academies and then like, you know, you're like, my, with my last academy, it was never really one professor eyeing you, so it was just like, I don't know. And then, like, I'm doing all this MMA and kickboxing stuff, and I'm like, doesn't that count, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, nope. I'm, yeah, nope, they don't care. <laughs> they don't want you training in no. the gi. Yeah, it's all, like, you know, kind of specific to jiu-jitsu, which I understand. Um, but I kind of like to be more um, well-rounded as opposed to just, like, gi jiu-jitsu. Um, but I've actually been loving uh, gi jiu-jitsu lately, um, just watching a lot of YouTubes and uh, watching the top-level guys because it's so interesting, and especially when you add, like, the point system on top of it. It's just, like, you know, it's it's very specific skill set, you know, like where you can play guard and and uh, and do really well a lot of the time. So. Was that was that silver at the U.S. Open? Was that in gi or no gi? Uh, that was in gi, and then I also... In the same U.S. Open had bronze and nogi. Okay, tell me a little bit about uh, what it took to get those medals. How many matches? Um, not many matches. I think just for the silver, it was uh, I just won my first one. Um, the guy he just basically he tried to play guard. Um, he didn't really like try and do the any crazy takedowns. They're both the guys I um, uh, had a match against. They're both guard guys. Yeah, and. Uh, and I, with the with the point system and all that, it's like I get it, you know. But but like I was, you know, like we've been kind of uh, the theme of our conversation is is to you know I like to do the takedown and and have the uh, have the top position usually yeah. be the passer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the first guy he pulled guard and he he almost had me in a triangle, but I I've been doing a lot of triangle defense and fairly confident with that. So just kind of like just stuck it out and, you know, managed to get around his legs finally and then uh, went on points. And then the second guy, he he was the gold medalist, and he kind of did the same thing. He pulled guard early, and then I almost had him in a bread cutter choke after I got around him, but then he got, like, the half guard back and then, you know, kind of swept me and got me in this, uh, I don't know, some kind of 
triangle armbar variation. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So. What about that gold at All Stars? How many matches? That was two. That was two. I had, um, I think, one the first one on points, and then the and then for the gold match, I uh, triangled them. Oh, dope. Yeah, like I was just super exhausted, and it was kind of just like a hail hail mary triangle. Yeah. Where you like just throw it up from just uh, from a standing position, and that's what I did. It was like I, you know managed to grab a collar and a sleeve and and uh, threw up the triangle and it ended up working out. Do you get more tired in MMA or in jiu-jitsu? Oh, man. You know, there's such different um, kinds of tired, I think. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if you... Uh, well, you, I'm sure you know, just like the diff- like when you're striking, it's just a completely different kind of tired where it's like it's that aerobic, I think, versus anaerobic or something. It's something like that. I should know that, but I can't remember. Yeah, so it's just like, um, you know, whereas like with striking and kickboxing, it's like kind of like a lot of running kind of style fatigue where, um, I don't know, whereas like the uh, the wrestling style fatigue, it's just like all in your arms and you just feel like you, will, you weigh a million pounds. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just remember, you know, whenever you like get back to your feet after a jujitsu match, just like those hamstrings just feel like so tired. And that sort of thing. Oh, brutal! No, it is. It's, it's crazy because it is such a different kind of tired. But I hate them both. I know. It's right? just, yeah, I'm like, I like, I like, I'm like more nervous about the pain I'm about to feel physiologically from the exhaustion than I am about any of like repercussions from the actual match itself. Yeah. Like I'm not worried about my, breaking my arm. I'm like really worried about like when like, my lungs are gonna explode. Right. And I don't know why that is, but I think it's because it's that uncomfortable. It also pushes me to try to do more cardio and train harder to try to avoid, like, the, the pain. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Ben Askren, uh, Jake Paul fight? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts I, on that I one? caught it on YouTube. Um, I don't know. It might be, like, an all-time low for as far as fight sports. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we're watching, like, a, a retired wrestler who has a big mouth, um, uh, box, you know, not even his specialty. He's just boxing like a YouTube guy who I, I really hadn't heard of. You know, I guess he's like popular in like uh, like the younger generation. It's the kids, and stuff. yeah, the little kids, like like the little kids and shit. Yeah, so he's like a you know digital, you know, like popular guy and stuff like that. So and I guess can talk some shit. But even um on the uh, like on the pressers and stuff, it was just like hard to watch because they both weren't very good. It was painful. It was yeah. painful. That referee that refereed the match, was that the oldest dude you ever seen in your life? Yeah, and he was like wearing a GoPro for some reason. That dude needed a walker. Either and like GoPro or like suspenders. Did you agree with the stoppage? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, if it was a pro fight or whatever, probably not. Like he could have like, you know, tried to fight out of it or something like that. But as far as like amateur, like, these guys both really aren't even supposed to be here. Like, I get, I get the reason they stopped. And and he he fell pretty hard from that punch. He was just like he kind of bounced off the canvas. He did he did fall pretty hard. Yeah. What what were you what were you uh, did you have expectations for that? Like, did you think someone was going to win or what did you think? Um. Well, I I hoped it was hoped it was going to be a better fight than it was. Um. I I kind of knew that Ben Askren just like has horrible striking, and uh, and then. You know, like, you know, when, like, the the Paul guy, like, he comes in with just, like, this, like, telegraphic overhand right, and it's, like, if you don't know how to, like, 
either Duck or like Bob or Weave or anything. Like, I don't know. It's like it if your just head's <laughs> just sitting there, you're gonna get slapped in it. Yeah. Yeah. And ben didn't want to move his head around much. Right. It could have been like the worst punch ever, but if you don't move. What? Uh, who do you do you want to see Jake fight someone next? Who do you got? Who do you want to see um, him fight next? I don't know. I think I just saw like Danis calling him out or something. I mean, so, dude, but that fool can't strike either because he, dude, he weighed in at 190. He's, he's, he's not a, a little guy. He's Dennis fights at like 145. To, right? Yeah. And he was kind of like the whole uh, instigator behind like the Khabib uh, McGregor thing, right? Where like Khabib jumped over the fence and was attacking Dennis. So. Yeah, because Dennis was talking mad shit too because Dennis is just yeah. like a little shit talker. But I, I want to, I'd rather fight someone like a little bit bigger. I heard that, uh, I heard that Jake Paul beat up my, uh, Platinum Mike Perry in sparring. Did you hear that? Oh, the MMA guy, Mike Perry? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how much uh, I believe that as far as, uh, I'm you curious know, rumors and stuff. Where he really stands. Did you see the uh, the Whitaker-Gaslam uh, fight? Um, I mean, to, you know, to give him credit, uh, Paul has, you know, he has natural athletic ability, so it's like I don't want to take that away from him. But, you know, as far as, like, a trained MMA guy, I don't know if they're the same weight, though. I think well, Perry fights at 170, so they might be like around the same weight walking around. Oh, I don't know. I think Paul's, he's probably way bigger, isn't he? Has to be, huh? He's uh, over 2 If He's weighing in at 190. He's probably 210 or something. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, that's a so. big dude. And that's why he, like, once he wants to fight Conor McGregor, I feel like he's just too big to be yeah. asked calling out these little tiny, like these yeah. little, like the little, little tiny guys. But I Agreed. mean, to each their own. Did you see the, the Whitaker uh, Gaslam fight? No, I didn't actually. That was, was probably the one I should have saw. That was the one you should have watched because it was a dope <laughs> fight and uh, Whitaker just fucking put on a master class. Oh, really? He's so loose when he punches um, that he's just so fast, you know? Mm. Uh, and, and my coach is telling me, he was like, Daniel, you weigh X amount of pounds. You're not going to hit harder than someone that weighs X amount of pounds. You can only hit as hard as your mass. He was like, you need to flow your stuff, and you need to line your stuff up, and you need to land fast and flowy with your mass behind it. Because I get all, you know, I get all tense, mm. and I try to like muscle my punches. I want my forearms and wrists to be strong. Do you wrap your Do you wrap your hands when you strike? Uh, not usually, actually. Like I kind of, I don't know. It's like it takes a while <laughs> to yeah. wrap your hands, and then to yeah. do it properly is just like. You're there, like, I don't know, it just takes me too long. And then I do like to think that I'm building up wrist strength by not wrapping my hands. I'm the same way. And finger strength. So that's kind of why I don't. Do you like, do you like kickboxing uh, uh, better than MMA? Where's kickboxing stand in your MMA jiu-jitsu kickboxing journey? Um, I do. I mean, like, I, like kind of going back to my uh, karate thing is, like, I'm, I think I'm a striker before anything, you know. And I love kicking. Um, you know, I just think it's like such a beautiful expression of martial arts, you know, especially when done well. And, um, you know, now leg kicks are so important in MMA. So, uh, and that's how, um, my old Muay Thai teacher, Ricky, he broke my leg. He, uh, leg kicked me, um, in my fibula. So on this left fibula, sometimes I think of him when it's a little sore and I'm like, oh, Ricky. Ricky Santa Got Cruz. Me. Yeah, Ricky Santa Cruz. Shout I trained Ricky. Yeah, he's dope. I trained with him a lot. He, uh, he was a really good instructor, man. He like you know, he could break down techniques like pretty well. Yeah. So he's got a hell of a leg kick for sure. So it definitely taught me to like you know check those leg kicks, and if anything, just uh, turn that shin out so your uh, tibula is uh, catching the kick as as opposed to your fibula, and like that's kind of like the whole uh, game changer right now as far as 
the success, uh, you know, with like say Dustin Poirier versus uh, Conor McGregor. The calf on, kick. Yeah, right? on their second, um, their second um, bout was just that leg kick, and then you know McGregor, he's so wide where, you know, he can't really check that. Yeah. That, that leg kick as successfully as probably he should have. You think his stance is going to change for this next one? I don't know, man. Like, you know, McGregor, it's just like, it seems like he's uh, he's not very able to adapt. Like, he kind of just has his, like, his, uh, like, it has this kind of, like, touching kind of thing where he goes out, like, I guess with his right, you know, just to kind of set up that, that left cross. Yeah. And uh, I don't really see him, like, transitioning to, like, a, any kind of kickboxer specific stance to to negate that like i just think he might you know try and add in some more wrestling to to avoid all that or um i don't know but i just don't really see him too like too much uh adaptability there did you see in the headlines that although he had pledged five hundred thousand dollars to dustin poirier's uh a charity, the Good Fight Foundation, that when like the paperwork came or whatever, whatever, he didn't actually uh, follow through with the donation. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, I did. I did see something like that. So, well, how does it make you have? Well, what do you? How, what do you feel about that? Um, I, you know, like at this point, I think we pretty much know the guy. He has like a certain type of personality as far as you know what he does, like off the ring. You know what I mean? Like you can be a fan of his like fight style, and. Uh, you know, just a uh, modus operandi in the cage, but like outside the ring, he's pretty like just over the top and like just, you know, talking a bunch of trash. And like that's kind of gotten to where, to where he is now as far as all that trash talking. But it's like as soon as you start losing and, uh, you know, that like all that kind of stuff is like is what kind of catches up to you at yeah. the end. So um, I'm not really surprised, you know. Um, like I think he is the kind of guy that will maybe come through at the at the end and you know do something, but um, you know like I'm just yeah not really surprised as far as him following like his his uh you know uh, putting his money where his mouth is and all that. I was I was shocked to be honest. He has so much money. I think if he knocked out Dustin, he would have finished off that. He would have paid that money over. Here you go. Oh, you think? But I think because Dustin knocked him out, I think he's just kind of bitter, and he just so he made this excuse like, oh, he didn't have the, you know, the X's and O's in, in place. So you know, I wanted to see exactly where the money was going to be spent, how it was going to be spent immediately. He didn't mm -hmm. have that, and. Um, or but just, I really think if he knocked Dustin out, he would have just coughed up the, the money to the foundation. Or use it as leverage for the next fight or for the trilogy, right? Like it's, I don't, yeah, it, I don't it's, know. It, it might be a little, like, fire starter for the controversy for the third fight because they're going to fight again, right? They're fighting, yeah. It's already on the books. And yeah. I guess it is even, yeah, uh, Connor almost called it off because he said that uh, he was so mad that Dustin was going to, like, put up, put their personal business on blast like that. But, I mean, he had put it on blast himself because he had pledged the donation. He did it very publicly. And then he didn't follow through with the donation. So I thought that was I thought that was so funny of him. Yeah, you know, and I think it just kind of goes to the whole um, just kind of climate of uh, fight sports in general of just like it's not really a, a merit-based kind of thing, right? It's just like uh -huh. kind of uh, if it bleeds, it leads kind of mentality with the UFC. It's like if it gets, you know, butts in the seats, you know, that's what we want to put on. Whereas, um, you know, like I had wanted to see uh, Khabib fight again you know, but he retired and stuff. And, like, I think as a uh, champion, he should defend his belt, 
you know, at least for a little while. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, it kind of just, like, I wish it was more like, I don't know, like professional sports in general where, you know, like NBA, baseball or whatever, where it's like, you know, you have to, no matter how much, pop, you know, how popular a team is or whatever, I mean, there's politics within all that, but, like, I think it should be a little bit more, like, structured as far as, um, you know, what they're uh, putting on as far as fights these days, you know, not like all these trilogies and, yeah, you know. There's, yeah, I agree, though. I agree, because I think more people would be get uh, bigger opportunities. It's just all about the money, man. They act like any press is good press. It's like it's like, it's like like people that used to come out with, uh, who, who would leak uh, sex tapes. <laughs> you remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> and they would think, and it was like, it would, they, they, and then they'd be millionaires, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, you know. Kim Kardashian. Whatever right. it takes to, to get to the top. What are your... What are your goals long term with martial arts? Any any uh, sex tapes on the horizon for you? Yeah, probably a sex tape or two. Might as well. You know, whatever so. it takes. <laughs> no, what are your what, what, what really though? What are your goals? What are you thinking you're going to do with uh, with martial arts in the long run? Well, I have no illusions as far as like trajectory and stuff. I mean, I'm 35 already, and uh, if had I gotten started in this, you know, way younger, I'd probably think a lot differently. But I'm just I'm kind of here to maintain maintain my territory and like I'll, I'll definitely train wherever I go like I definitely want to get my black belt as a, a jiu-jitsu practice practitioner mm -hmm. and uh, compete um, in that um, and then uh, as far as MMA you know like sprinkle a MMA fight uh, here and there on top of that just to you know stay uh, stay honest with um, how successful that would you know all the jiu-jitsu and stuff would be uh, as far as like adding everything into the into the equation nice nice so, so yeah nothing like super crazy but like i say that but then i'll be like down tomorrow i'm sure just like training much like everybody else so we train hard over there yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a lot of good body we have a lot of good bodies a lot of good uh, uh belts high belts and uh, we train hard over there so you train hard you would uh you'd be open to fighting in santa cruz when we bring the when we bring our show to santa cruz yeah definitely we're gonna do some uh, uh, jujitsu super fights. Part of the, ju the jujitsu tournaments that we're gonna run is we're gonna offer the winner a, an opportunity to, to be in the super fights on the show as well. So if you do do the uh, the, the tournament and you're successful there, then that could be an opportunity there too. But we would like you to fight MMA too. We'd like you to throw them hands around also. Yeah, you know, I just want to put on a good show wherever I go. You know, like there's nothing I hate more than like a boring fight or like jujitsu match where it's just like oh like i can't let him get the advantage or you know what i mean it's just like where you guys guys just like stuck in his guard like the whole time like yeah. i'd almost rather get choked out and try something you know what going I mean? yeah going for something cool then yeah. yeah rather than just to like you know kind of hedge my bets on points or whatever so so whatever i end up doing it'll be a it'll be a good show dope do you have any uh, any sponsors or who who uh who helped you kind of get uh to where you are right now with your with your with your MMA journey? Um, just you know, good old folks, you know, putting up with my uh, BS, you know, um, you know, like oh, heading to Fight Club, huh? All right, yeah. it's just all Fight Club. Yeah. So um, yeah, shout out to mom and dad and my brother and all that. No, no really particular sponsors. If uh, hope hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but all all my friends and stuff, everyone that comes and supports me, and uh, you know, you all matter, and I love you guys. Dope, man. Do you have any musical endeavors that you're going on uh, at this time? Um, just kind of uh, just learning more music each day. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Demu Borgir on guitar. Um, it's like a black metal band. 
Okay. And uh, it's just like super insane guitar, like, but it's really melodic and like, and beautiful as well. So, um, just learning and uh, hopefully maybe like start a hardcore band one of these days and transition from drums because I've always been a drummer in bands. Um, I was in a band called Praetorian, which was like technical death metal, and then I was uh, in a band called Windows of Lucidity, which is kind of like a deathcore band, kind of more like a current state of metal. Mm-hmm. But even that's like dead now. So it's just no like, way. you know, rock is dead. What can I say? We like that, dude. My brother, my brother, dude, my brother has a beautiful voice, Carl Compton. He has a beautiful voice. He was on the ones and twos. But also, too, we do, he does metal and, and stuff, too, man. Because, uh, yeah, very diverse uh, in his voice. You know, Compton Bros Productions. Um, nice. We're in the Suncoast Awning studio, you guys. Suncoast Awning, they held us down today. We've, uh, we have upgraded our equipment a little bit, so we got some uh, cooler cameras and mics, and we have some other capabilities. We're going to be going to Team Salguera, Salguera on Tuesday. And so we're going to get some film from Team Salguera on Tuesday. Um, Deborah Ferrolito, owner, Suncoast Awning and Bay Area Combat. We appreciate Deborah. She actually uh, uh, always caters the podcast, so we eat well. I'm gaining a bunch of weight. We're doing <laughs> normal right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to hit the slim fast diet here coming up soon we'll get on it soon my camp's about to start like next week for these tbas in iowa i might fight a, i might fight a heavyweight so we're gonna be out there doing that we'll be in miami june 12th for the triumphant card um that one's gonna be super dope guys uh, you gotta buy that pay-per-view uh triumphant combat sports on facebook uh instagram jeff Juarez is the promoter matchmaker over there and zay martinez happy birthday zay martinez it's zay's birthday today happy it's not gonna birthday. drop today but uh happy birthday zay man yeah you're the man do we love you zay and uh, any closing statements from you, Rob? Oh, just thanks for having me, dude. I'm like, it's just like such an amazing journey coming from like when I used to work up in Vallejo and like thinking about getting back into martial arts again and then just being back here, like, you know, it's just like kind of come full circle and it's just like amazing, blows me away. So thanks, dude. We were, dude. dude it, was super, it was super sick to have you. We, we appreciate you coming in and sharing with uh, some of your music with us as well. Oh, thanks. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you compete and having you on the show in Santa Cruz, man. So All right. It's thank deal, you so dude. much, dude. Hell yeah, Rob. Thank you. Uh, from everyone here at the Bay Area Combat Podcast team, uh, uh, stay tuned. We're over and out, guys. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned. We got more, more stuff coming, baby. Later. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, sick. Cool, that was good, dude. That was